Welcome in to another edition of the Stingers Up Sacramento State Football Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Ross, and we've reached the bye week for the Sacramento State Hornets. I feel like it's the perfect time. Hornets coming off a win last week, though a narrow escape over Northern Arizona. We'll recap that today. We also will hear from someone who covers the Hornets on a regular basis at the student level from Sacramento State and from the State Hornet. Jack Freeman will join us on this week's podcast and... The most experienced Sacramento State Hornet, Troy Stiefel, has been in the program for a long time. He's seen three different head coaches. He's basically seen it all, and he's back playing, back playing at a high level. And uh, we'll get to know Troy Stiefel a little bit more uh, coming up on the podcast as well. But let's jump right into it. Obviously, as I mentioned, it's a bye week, so the Hornets getting some rest, some recuperation, getting some people healthier because there were some guys missing, some important pieces to the puzzle in last Saturday's game against Northern Arizona, but it was a win. That was the bottom line, though, as I said earlier, a narrow escape. Let's look back to it, and uh, you'll hear this as called by Dave Lewis and Steve McElroy on the radio. Uh, the Hornets uh, found themselves down early, 7 to nothing. but something they can really rely on right now is the play of Caden Bennett. He has been really, really good, had another solid performance on Saturday. Uh, Caden Bennett leads the Hornets down and uh, closes out the drive, as he finds Carlos Hill. Bennett takes the shotgun snap, play action, dropping back to throw. Pocket collapses, Caden rolls to his left, buying time, fires at the end zone, back shoulder, caught for a touchdown or in. Yes, he's inbounds. Carlos Hill, what a grab. Fully extended like he was going off a diving board, Dave. He was fully extended. The question will be they'll review it to make sure he had the foot in. That was an amazing job extending himself like he was diving and catching the ball. He wasn't open at all. Great back shoulder throw. So level at seven, Hornets try to take the lead. They would do just that because they were playing without Marcus Fulcher. He had been banged up in for really a couple of weeks, but was a late game scratch, so he wasn't going to play. So other running backs had their opportunity, including Elijah Tau Tolliver. Now Millennium motion, hand the ball to Tau Tolliver. Elijah bangs it ahead and into the end zone for a Sac State touchdown. Three-yard run for ETT. Jackson Slater on the left side of the line. Great job. That's Todd Tolliver's second rushing score of the season. Had one in the Stanford game. Well, that helps the Hornets there after just barely picking up the first down. Tau Tolliver gets into the end zone. So at that moment, Sacramento State was leading 14-7. Later on, we fast forward. They find themselves down 21-14 in the second quarter. We mentioned other running backs getting an opportunity. Well, how about freshman Zeke Burnett? He got his first ever college carry earlier in the half, and then he would get his first collegiate touchdown. Martin, the tight end on the left. This time they'll try the run. Zeke Burnett spins off a one, gets to the edge, and into the end zone for a Sac State touchdown. Pinballs his way in. Zeke's first college touchdown. Oh, my goodness. Great job, Zeke. He almost mishandled the handoff a little bit. There was a little bit of a mix-up. But he shuffled his feet, and then he made a great move to the outside and gets his first touchdown for the freshman from Elk Grove. Hornets would give up another score and add on a field goal. They led 24-21 at the half. Then as we move on, we find the Hornets trailing yet again. This is in the second half, in fact, in the fourth quarter, as the Hornets are down 28-24 at this moment. They then do an improbable play where they bring in Coleman Koontz to punch it in. Third down from the two. Going double wing. Under center again. 
Handoff right up the middle and into the end zone for a Sac State touchdown. So much for that drama. Is that Kuntz? Coleman Kuntz, the tight end with a handoff. <laughs> there you go. Well, the right lum- behind Caden Bennett. The Lumberjacks did it first, running their tight end in short yardage because he's 250 pounds. Coleman Kuntz, what do we have? Out of nowhere, is he MVP tonight? He has five catches, and now he scores a touchdown when the Hornets couldn't get the line to be driven back. So Kuntz had a really big day, but they go to the running game and punch it in with him. Up 31-28, scoring there with about eight and a half minutes to go. Lots can still happen but it would turn to be one time-consuming possession by Northern Arizona that would work them down the field. They had put themselves in position to possibly tie the game and force overtime, to possibly go ahead and put the Hornets in a really difficult spot. But the Hornet defense and Cameron Rocha had other ideas. DeMonte with a shotgun snap, fires to the end zone, and picked off! Intercepted! Game-saving pick! With 1.36 remaining. Rocha with the interception. Cameron Rocha, who made a big play earlier, is the man who gets the interception. And the Hornets go from losing the game to going to overtime to winning the game all in one play. The receiver was open in the middle of the end zone. The ball was released quickly. And I'm looking through the binoculars. And when a quarterback releases the ball early, on a goal line situation, you're like, oh, no, there's an open man. When I scanned my binocular left, I saw there was an open man, but Rocha dove in front of it and got the pick. So the Hornets would ultimately exhaust the clock, though that was an adventure as well, give up two points by design on a safety and win 31-30. to Let's hear Danny Sullivan talk with the coach, Andy Thompson, after the game. Guys, down here with head coach Andy Thompson. Coach, what a game. Let's talk about this game. Yeah, it was a good finish. Uh, a lot better in the second half with a lot of things. Um, proud of the guys with staying with it. We're resilient and uh, going in the bye week four and one. So excited about that. A lot of things we can improve, but great crowd tonight. And uh, God, we came through with a win. That, that last, the last drive for NAU looked like that receiver was open, but your defensive back came in with that burst of speed and got that interception. That kind of helped that seal this victory. Uh, defense had the battle tonight. Yeah. Cam Rocha made a great play there, man. He was our, he's a backup and came in the game and stepped up and made a nice play at the end. Um, but overall, got to be a lot better with the, our defense. I thought our offense played well. We got to get a lot better on defense. But excited that we got the win. Worry about all that tomorrow. Enjoy it. Because they all count the same way. One point doesn't matter. Great time for the break you feel for your team yeah looking forward to getting some guys healthy and some back and and uh just appreciate their effort and great crowd tonight like i said i appreciate all the the hornet support and we're going to keep getting better congratulations on the victory coach enjoy the break all right thank you very much so the hornets get the win they're four and one overall one and one now in conference play Caden Bennett, 257 yards touch, uh, 257 yards passing, a touchdown. He also ran for 76. You had other Hornet running backs getting in the end zone, as we mentioned earlier, Zeke Burnett. You had Elijah Tau-Tolliver, and then the tight end up the middle with Coleman Kuntz, a receiving touchdown for Carlos Hill. The first career 100-yard game for Jared Gibson as he had five grabs for 108. So a win, a win is a win, right? And uh, oddly enough, in the latest rankings, 
There's two different polls, but I think the Hornets went down too far the previous week. Probably went up, in my opinion, too high this week. But uh, with a couple losses around the uh, FCS level, the Hornets in one poll are now as high as back to number four and number seven in another. They won't play this weekend, and maybe a few other teams will lose around them. But either way, they've got themselves nicely positioned back in the Big Sky mix. They've got themselves nicely positioned back in the overall scheme of things in the top 25, and I think the bye week is coming at the right time. Well, with that said, mention that we're going to visit with the longest-tenured Hornet. Had a chance to catch up this week with Troy Stiefel. All right, here with Troy Stiefel, Sacramento State Hornets. Um, Troy, I'm thinking about your journey here. It's pretty it's pretty lengthy, pretty um, expansive, which is going to be fun to discuss, but let's start with how you got here. What what lured you to Sacramento State? Uh, Sacramento State was the, uh, or the only school that had given me a uh, scholarship out of high school, so it was a pretty obvious choice, and uh, meeting with the coaches back then, uh, Coach Wolf and Coach Sears, I definitely, uh, you know, I liked them a lot, uh, walked the campus, really loved the campus, and uh, was kind of surprised by uh, how much I had liked Sacramento, just visiting and stuff. Where were you playing high school? Where were you from before that? Uh, I'm from uh, Orange County, mm-hmm. so uh, I've been to Sacramento before, but definitely like wasn't like frequently here or anything. Um, so. Yeah, I grew up in Orange County as well, and coming up this way was, I wouldn't say culture shock, but it's different. But um, what did you find is what was appealing about Sacramento? Um, I think the biggest thing was mm-hmm. that like in Southern California, all the cities are like, just like concrete jungles like people say like I like so when I was going to like a city I was thinking it was going to be like like kind of more like um um LA uh-huh. and like all of the trees and stuff it was it was very different uh the campus like didn't feel like that you were like right next to like a big city versus you know like UCLA and stuff like you know that you're like right next to like a big city yeah uh so I definitely enjoyed that it kind of felt like campus was like its own thing everybody's journey is different through college whether they play sports or not I don't even know if you could have imagined how yours would gone have gone you're the longest tenured player there's a COVID year there's been injuries how would you characterize just the full gamut of of your Hornet experience um it's tough but rewarding Mm -hmm. I would say you know there's been a lot of uh you know struggles in it but uh Mm -hmm. I definitely feel like the you know, it's all happened for, you know, like a good reason and that, uh, you know, just always excited to be here and uh, love being with uh, my teammates. So That's a really good perspective because you've had your challenges. I mean, significant injuries that have missed seasons or portions of seasons. I don't know if we want to go through it, but do you have the list of your, uh, your injuries as a Hornet? Uh, yeah, so my first one started back in the spring of 2018 before almost any of, actually before anyone else was even here that's currently on the uh, on the roster uh i had a bone bruise in my wrist so for the 2018 season i had to wear a cast which i was like the worst injury i'd ever had up until that point which is crazy looking back at it now um and then in uh the second game of 2021 coming off that covid year i ruptured my my bicep tendon which was about a full season or a full year, really. Like, I wasn't even 100% going into camp the next year. Uh, and then at the end of last season against uh, Davis in the third quarter, I tore my meniscus and had to get surgery on that, had to get a second surgery on it during fall camp. And, uh, but it's feeling better. 
Yeah. Well, now you're back and playing. I'm thinking back to that. So my timeline, you guys have been back-to-back-to-back champions. Did you get in then just the one, the Austin P playoff game? Have you played in more or just have your That's seasons true. ended? I have just played in the wow. in the Austin P game. Yeah. That's it. I haven't played in any of the other ones. Yeah. Well, you played a lot of football here, obviously, and you've got more to go. I'm thinking also back to – you're the only one that's played for three different coaches here. A lot of players, too, because of the transition from Troy to, to Andy. But what's that journey? You mentioned Coach Wolf was your offensive line coach and brought you in. But just you've had to hear a lot of different people. How has that transition been for you? Uh, it's been good. Um, I have felt very like lucky and blessed that I have had such great coaches here, um, especially the offensive line coaches. I've only had the the two, but like you know, Coach Wolf was probably one of like the biggest reasons of why I was so excited to be at Sacramento State because he had had the success before. He's a really great coach, and then I was really worried when he when he was gone. But uh, Coach Richardson just really like alleviated all of those worries very quickly. He has been a fantastic coach, and uh, I love playing for him. How would you describe him? I mean, being at games, practice. I mean, he's got a loud voice, but he's he's also like the gentle giant. But you know, he's coaching you. I'm sure there's other stories you have. What, how would you characterize him? Uh, he's uh, like he's tough, but he's very caring. You know, he's gonna love up his 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 players, but. Uh, but it's definitely tough, and you know you can you know that it has to be done right. But yeah. you know he'll love you on 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 the way there. Obviously, you guys are doing things really well until two games ago. You hadn't allowed a sack. You guys offensively were doing uh, great things. W- what do you think about the totality of of the starting five? You guys on the O line, but you're about eight nine deep right now. What do you think about that that O line group? Uh, this is definitely probably our most talented group I think that we've had, and I don't even know how long here. Um, especially in terms of depth, you know, I don't, I don't even know if you can characterize us as even have having like a healthy starting five because I think we've had just about a different starting five in all, but I think maybe our last two games. So uh, I think it really speaks to, uh, you know, all the guys here, you know, being eight, nine, ten deep. You know, I think we could really probably travel, you know, like twelve guys, and like those could probably be twelve guys who could probably plug and you know at least play at you know, like a good level, uh, and that's on top of, you know, we have you know, some really great guys in this room too. It, where we are now in the season, you guys off to a good start, ranked highly, 4-1. and one. Uh, But to me as an observer, it seems like the bye week's coming at the right time with some people being banged up. Would you rather push through this, or do you feel like the bye is at a, at a good time? Uh, I think the bye is at a, a good time. I think the bye always feels like it's at a, uh, <laughs> always at a, 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 um, a good time. I think there's like a mental thing that yeah. it's always that first day back off um, off it. You're like, man, this hurts and that hurts. And you always think that it's worse than it probably is just because you have like a week off to, you know, rest up and uh, get the body feeling better. But, uh, yeah, I kind of like it being a little bit later too. You know, last year we had a week two bye. Uh, and I remember after going those 10 games uh, back to back to back to, you know, all the way there, it was my, my body felt pretty beat up. Uh, so I think having the five games first, having this week to kind of get all of our bodies right and uh, go and like really just try to run uh, run the, the table. Yeah. As far as you or this team, like I know the goals seem to be reachable that are out there. What has the last couple of years, like the sense of pride in being back-to-back-to-back champions, the playoff appearances, I know, like I said, there's more goals out there, but from when you got here to now, what, what has it felt like to really see this program evolve into what it is? 
it's crazy. I remember thinking back uh, probably during the 2019 season how crazy it was that we had won it like that quickly because when I got here in 2017, I was hoping that maybe by my senior year that we would be, you know, like a Big Sky champion at some point. But the fact that I've won three and that we're aiming to, you know, win a fourth one and, the, you know, that our goals are even higher. I can tell you that in 2017, no one was even thinking about you know, the national championship. It was really about, you know, hopefully, you know, we can win our first Big Sky title. Maybe we can get into the playoffs, you know, all of that stuff. So it is, it's like, uh, it's crazy to me to see the, the the difference. Have you sensed that on campus with people maybe that you don't know are following sports or realize you're on the football team? Or have you felt that community and campus support more than certainly 2017? Uh, yeah, there's definitely a big difference. Uh, people, you know, walk up to you, oh, you know, a great game and stuff. And it's like, oh, thanks. I don't know you, but <laughs> you know, like, thanks, man. Uh, and uh, it's it's really cool to um, I'm to see because uh, you know before like even in uh, 2019, kind of when we were first like establishing ourselves, like people like didn't really know, kind of didn't. I don't know if they didn't care. I don't really know, but. Uh, it definitely now, like, you can feel a lot of just the love from the campus and from uh, the people. When you look back at your playing career here, what what will you have as your some of your either individual team win season highlights? What will stick with you, you think? Um, I don't know if there's really any specific team win I could put, you know, over anything. Probably any of our, you know, it's always great to go in and, you know, the last game of the season is, you know, it's Davis, but, you know, probably more so just like, you know, knowing that we had won the big sky, that always feels great. Um, so, like, probably any of those, I don't really think that there's any one game that really stands out to me yet. Uh, Maybe it's still coming. Yeah, I hope so. Maybe <laughs> a national championship I'm really hoping for. <laughs> yeah. I know you've also taken advantage of being here for the time you have is you finish your undergrad work, you're working on your MBA. Um, that's pretty impressive. How how much of a source of pride is that for you? Um, it's really cool. I don't know if it's a huge source of pride. It's kind of just, you know, I was going to be here anyways after the uh, getting the, uh, the extra two years from COVID and uh, surgery and stuff. So I uh, was kind of, you know, trying to make the make the best of the time. So when that's done, which will be the spring semester, um, what's your plan after that? More football? What, what do you see in your future? Uh, in my future, I think I'm probably going to be done with football. Um, I don't really know if I have much of a future there, but uh, kind of want to get into finance and start a career yeah that's the ultimate goal is kind of that business aspect of things yeah do you have any uh connection to that any background family in that realm or just that's just an area that interests you uh it's kind of an area that has interested me and uh was better at it in Mm -hmm. school than i was in most of the other subjects so (laughs) it's kind of stuck with it yeah awesome well as you look ahead uh i know there's like i said more goals to go I know you're going to enjoy your, your last run at this because you've, you've kind of experienced it all. So I hope you stay healthy and uh, enjoy the rest of your season. All right. Thank you so much. Hopefully you enjoyed that conversation with Troy Stiefel. I like to learn more about these Hornet players and what they want to do with their uh, careers or life after uh, football. And uh, Troy certainly has made the most of it, getting his undergrad, working on his MBA. Truly commendable. And he's been a great Hornet for all these years. All right, from Troy Stiefel, we go to Jack Freeman, who is still a student at Sacramento State, is covering this football team for the State Hornet. We'll get to learn a little bit about his journey 
and what he wants to do with his future, but also talk about this year's current Hornet team. So here's my conversation with Jack Freeman. All right, here with Jack Freeman. Maybe that's what we'll start, Jack. How many, how often have you been interviewed? Normally, this is what you're doing. I've never really been interviewed before. Um, you know, I'm a journalism major here at Sac State, so I'm going to school to learn the other side of this. Um, so definitely a little weird right now. Well, let's start with that background, that start. So the sports editor of the State Hornet, you cover this team. How did you get involved? How did you get started? Yeah, I joined the State Hornet back in spring of 2021. Um, then in fall, I was one of the only returners on staff. And so they were like, hey, if you want to do football, go ahead. Um, then I was kind of thrown to the wolves. Um, like the second day of school, I was at practice um, and just kind of took initiative from there and never really let it go. Your timing is good. I mean, when you arrived, this team it was good, but I mean, they had a special season last year. But for you and what you're trying to do, covering what was then an undefeated team, a coach that we would find out that was leaving, a new coach coming in, uh, that probably was a pretty good initiation for you. Yeah, you want to talk about getting welcome to the business, right? Like, um, I still remember after the Montana game where it went into overtime, I was sitting um, in this room for the press conference, and I, like, said aloud, I was like, what do I even ask? You know, um, having Joe D, uh, Joe Davidson from the SAC B in here um, has definitely been a big help because he's, he's seen everything. You know, he's been around the block. Um, so he's kind of been able to, you know, lead those press conferences when I was still learning, just um, not really knowing <laughs> what to what to say. Um, but it's it was definitely the best experience I probably could have had because um, I've, you know, almost seen it all. Like the only thing that's hard to cover, you know, now are losses, which is, you know, hard to say. Um, but, you know, I'm getting those experiences now. Um, it, was, it, was definitely a, it was definitely a fun time. Incredible learning opportunity for you. So what, do, what would you feel like now you've learned compared to when you started this a little over a year ago? Oh, man. Um, I would say just how to um, handle yourself during, like, a game. It's much different as a media um, than a fan. And were you being a fan? Did you find yourself that way? Is that what you're saying? Or no, 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 not that way. But it's just you know when you go into you watch a game, you know you watch it. I think a little differently. You know you watch it from a skewed angle. Whereas when you're the media, you're watching for different things. Like I do a lot of live tweeting, so a lot of when I watch, I'm looking for yardage markers. I'm looking for flags. I'm looking for who's making the big plays. Um, not just watching, you know, kind of down by down, but um, adding each play to my my brain and going like okay this guy's been making plays all year like maybe this is a story maybe this is a story um and just kind of having to um learn how to do that i guess is definitely the biggest thing that i've learned it's interesting i've seen your tweets not necessarily in game because i'm working the game as well but then afterwards it's a nice reminder that running tally of kind of how you're live tweeting during the game what made you kind of come up with that and just thought that would be good for your for your followers so I'm a Seahawks fan who's lived in the Bay Area his whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so watching the games as a kid was always tough. Didn't have Sunday ticket, right? They were just on when they were on. Um, and so when I got into a position where, um, you know, Sac State's kind of a smaller school, they're not going to be on ESPN, they're not going to be on ABC, um, or if people are traveling, I kind of draw on my own experience of being like, I wish I could just follow someone mm-hmm. who would just tell me what was going on in the game. Because you could get those periodic updates on ESPN, but they were slow. You know, you couldn't get the feel of the game. Um, so I really draw on my own experience as a kid, you know, um, and just hope that I can provide that for other people. 
Well, you have for sure. And what have you learned? Let's let's go to this year's team about what you've seen so far. Four and one, ranked pretty highly. Another good thing going. What do you think about this year's Hornet squad? Um, you know, it's definitely new. Like, it's definitely you can tell the you know even though there's a lot of returners, a lot of returning players, there's definitely a new feel to the team. Um, they kind of operate a little differently. You've got you know your more traditional offense. Um, it's definitely been really fun to watch Caden Bennett blossom into the starting quarterback. Um, I compare him a lot to when I watch him a lot to like Russell Wilson as a kid, you know, just watching him make plays and it's just like, man, how, how can he do that? Um, it's definitely been very fun. Um, there's a lot of people who are now um, like my age kind of coming into their own on the team. Like I remember my freshman year, first year I shared a class with Jared Gibson, um, you know, like we did like a group project together. And then uh, just to see him out there now, um, it's definitely been been very cool. Um, but is it we? I don't know if weird's the right term, but they are your peers. And then you're writing about them. I mean, over time, if you're doing this for a length of time, then you'll be coming across athletes that maybe you covered their parents, their dad, their mother. Um, is it weird when you're writing or talking about someone that you might have a class with? It could definitely be a little weird, you know, um, but I think it's that there's that kind of mutual respect between um, the players and, you know, the media um, where it's just kind of like, you know, I'm not trying to bash you as a person. I think they all know that. Um, and at the same time, it almost makes it easier to talk to them because, um, you know, you're kind of it's not like, you know, I'm talking to Coach Thompson, who's been coaching for 20 years and has had all this experience. Um, it's just kind of like it's just kind of another an, another kid that I'm talking to. Um, so it's definitely almost been helped me out being a little more relatable um, to the players for sure. Yeah. Uh, for you, two coaches in two years, that's a little abnormal too. Troy was wildly successful. Andy Thompson starting his journey. How is that difference with kind of each coach kind of working with them? Yeah, I think Troy was a great introduction to the business. You know, he's very um, sound. He's very well media trained. You know, um, he never was too up or too down. You know, he was never like, that's a stupid question. Mm-hmm. Like, um, or, you know, he would get angry about stuff. Um, and then Coach Thompson, you know, uh, he just seems like a very honest guy. You know, um, I've asked him questions before where instead of, you know, given the usual PR answer, he'll just be like, I'm not going to answer that. And I was like, that's totally fair. You know, mm-hmm. thank you for being honest with me yeah. about that. Um, and he's been a little more um, open and, and, and honest with me, which I do really appreciate. What's your favorite part of what you do? I would say getting to um, meet these players kind of behind the scenes and get to know them a little more. Um, they all have very fascinating stories. Um, you know, going and, you know, like I'm writing a piece on Devin Gandy right now, talking with him about his rehab through a knee injury, you know, um, everybody has a different story to tell. Um, and I feel very thankful that I'm able to tell those stories. Yeah. I, I imagine getting that, like, un, you know, uncovering the layers of, of the people that not just, uh, players, but athletes recovering. That's real human interest story. Those are the kind of things that, that grab your attention. Yeah, just making sure that, you know, people see these athletes as people because that's who they are, you know. You see them on the field and, you know, they've got their helmet on, but, you know, um, making sure that telling those stories that make them feel like people that kind of reveal who they really are is really important to me, yeah. As we look ahead to the rest of the season, they have a bye week this week. I don't know. You've seen them play. You've seen them practice. You've seen the competition. The big sky is really good. What do you think their outlook looks like the rest of the way? 
you know, I think that they probably got that Montana State game circled because that really is the biggest test coming up. Um, obviously, they'll, they'll have to go at Montana, but I think the thing that sticks out to me is that the Big Sky is so competitive that there are no gimme games. You know, like last, last year it felt like there were some. You know, they went down to Cal Poly, and everybody kind of knew they were going to crush them, and they did. Um, this year, you know, I kind of thought that way about Northern Arizona. It turns into a basically a three-score three, or three-point game, mm-hmm. you know. That's what I've noticed is that the Big Sky just doesn't have those gimme games. Um, and so going forward, like, they really have to win out. Um, and that Montana State game is just going to be so crucial. You know, they really couldn't have picked a better game to put on ESPN2. Um, really going to be really going to be big. And I think that they've got a good shot to, to four-peat, um, which you, you can't say for a lot of teams. You're not only writing for the State Hornet, but you're a student. Um, do you sense more awareness across campus about this program? Not as much as last year, I think. I think last year was so special um, just because the way that they were beating teams, you know. Um, I think you could kind of tell, like, when people don't pay attention to sports, which is a lot of the people who, you know, go to um, Sac State and they see, you know, oh, you put up 56 and beat, you know, beat a team by 20. You know that's kind of um, you know that gets them excited. They they because you want to go to a game and you want your home team to win, right? Um, I think as it gets further to that Montana State game, as we get further to closer to homecoming and the Big Sky implications grow grander, I think we'll start to see a little more interest and um, the, the the stadium start to be packed a little bit more. All right. Lastly, for you, as you look ahead in your life and your career, ten years, fifteen, twenty, what, what do you see yourself doing? I mean, I'd like to be doing this, you know. Um, I love covering a team and seeing all the ins and outs and getting to interact with the fans um, is really cool. And I love the the service that I'm able to provide, telling stories and keeping people up to date on the game. It really is my true passion. So, yeah. Well, you do a good job. Keep it up. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, my thanks to Jack Freeman, my thanks to Troy Stiefel, and to all of you that listen on a weekly basis. I really do appreciate that. Thank you so much. We'll be back next week for another edition of the Stingers Up podcast and start to ramp up for that second push of the schedule in which the Hornets will uh, begin that with Northern Colorado on the road next week. But until then, have a great one. Thank you so much for listening to the Stingers Up Sacramento State football podcast.